Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. Okay, now we're back with Australia's number one equipped power lifter and Peak Speak's number two That's equipped right. squad, Thomas Lilly. That's Welcome right. Back. I did set out with one goal, which was to beat your squad, and I failed miserably. And it hurts. Yep, and we'll just. We'll just completely ignore the fact that while I outsquatted you by 10 kilos wearing an extra layer of equipment, uh, we won't talk about the rest of the total because it doesn't really count. Definitely not. Squats, we all know Absolutely that. not. That's, that would be like walking up to Coops and being like, yeah, I bench more than, uh, I squat more than you. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Shut doesn't up. Matter. Yeah, exactly. Here we are. <clears throat> How are you, my friend? It's been yes. a while. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I am... Uh, Good. I've just signed up, just acquired a indoor fucking smart trainer for my bike because I'm, is this the first public announcement? It probably is. Uh, I am doing a 24-hour mountain bike race in November, uh, which will be Ooh. interesting. Um, so wait, wait, wait. Yeah. 24-hour mountain bike race. <laughs> Does that mean you have to ride for 24 hours or you've got 24 hours to complete the course? You have 24 hours to complete as many laps of the course as okay, you can. Okay, I see. So it like starts at midday, <clears throat> finishes at midday the following day. Uh, and you can do it like traditionally these sort of events you can do as a team, you know, uh, like a pair or, or a set of three or four or whatever. And you would do it like a relay. <coughs> um, and actually, here's a nice segue for you. Uh, we'll be fueled by our good friends at prism coffee co because Jono, the owner of prism coffee co is actually going to do the race with me um and so we were originally talking about maybe doing it as a pair uh and doing it that way and then i did thought on it a little bit more i was like you know what the experience i'm actually most interested in is uh how deep into a hole can i dig myself over 24 yeah. hours um and so we're going to do it together but solo yeah. uh so it's yeah literally just me relying on me and some people to feed me every now and again so that I can just see what happens over 24 hours. Is it hours. in Canberra or near enough to? Unfortunately, no. Uh, yeah, so it's in the one we're looking at's in uh, Rydal up near Lithgow, near Bathurst, sort of that way. Uh, they, there is one in Canberra that happens every now and again. It happened last year, but I was running last year. Um, I'd, lo I'd love to do the one in Canberra. That'd be fucking awesome. But uh, it's not on this year, so we're looking at this one mm. instead. And uh, how long is the actual course? Like you do laps of it? I Yeah, I don't know for sure. Um, I've seen numbers anywhere from like 10 to 15 Ks. Mm. Uh, so not that's not gonna say, it sounds like it's going to be very loop. repetitive yes um it will be uh but that's kind of the interesting mm. part you know uh, like i've having done a big like you know my biggest ride i did was like this loop of canberra that's like 138 k's and it took me like 13 hours it's like 
10 and a half, 10 hours, 45 minutes, I think, in total rolling, like yeah. on the bike. Uh, and that's one big loop. So you are like, you're never in the same spot twice. And being able to like look over your shoulder and look at that mountain that you crossed six yeah. hours ago is a pretty cool yeah. experience, right? But this is much more a like, just start riding and don't stop, but you'll come back to like the home base with each lap. So it's not going to be like a just ride, ride, ride. It'll be like ride, eat something, ride, eat something, ride, eat yeah. something. And then it'll get dark and it'll be a totally different experience again. So yeah, I'm interested to um, see what happens. Fuck, what was I was about to ask. Uh, I can't remember. But when, when training for it, do you intend to... Oh, what I was going to ask is if you stop, like if you pull out before 24 hours is lapse do you get disqualified or can you just say i've had enough this I, is where no, i so you yeah you can like you can stop whenever yeah. you want um i imagine there'll be people who will sleep they've also got like a i think it's like a six six race or a 12 12 like a 12 six race where it's like it goes until a certain point and then you have a six hour break and then it starts yeah. again so you could sleep but my plan is to try not to sleep uh i'm gonna do my best to just go for 24 hours and see i feel what like happens. it kind of defeats the purpose sleeping yeah i agree um you can't i mean you can't if enter i get to a, a 24 hour race and sleep that, that doesn't count i agree i i i completely agree uh but it may get to a point where i'm so delirious <laughs> i can't ride a bike anymore and i may need to sleep so i'm not ruling it out completely but the goal will be Try not to sleep and see what happens. Do you have any intention to do like some some late night training or overnight training or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to do a, a bunch of night riding. I mean, the fortunate thing about Canberra is I ride bikes early in the morning mm -hmm. anyway. And from about this point onwards, it's just fucking dark for most yeah. of that time anyway. So um, I, I will get a lot of practice in that. I intend to do like at least one maybe two like simulation races where i'll do like a 12 hour window sort of start at midday run through till midnight and you know maybe do it from my house or something like that so i can come back and feed and and you know put lights on when it gets dark and that kind of stuff as well so we'll see but that's that's a little way off i'll probably do that sort of later in the year for now it's just going to be getting time on yeah, the bike interesting i remember when i did that um like a, i went set out to broke the guinness world record of the total amount of weight oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking squatted crazy. in 24 hours yourself I, I never intended to go for 24 hours i just wanted to beat the weight hmm. uh my training had very little thought i trained twice a week and i just basically squatted until i'd had enough and and yeah, tried to yeah. make sure that i was doing a little bit more each week uh but yeah, yeah the, this sounds really yes. cool, man. I'm 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 keen to yeah, watch you train and then a, do it. It's a really interesting experience that I'm excited and, and a little bit terrified for. But I just signed up to um there's a program called Trainer Road, which is sort of like Zwift, which was the big like virtual cycling program that everyone got into in lockdown. So I just got myself a smart trainer that you can like hook up to those sort of things. Um, and trainer roads a bit more like data driven training program mm -hmm. driven. So it's got like an AI component and, you know, does that kind of thing. So I'm interested to explore that from a like, you know, marketing coaching perspective. Like I'm, I'm just interested to see how it works on that side mm. of things. Uh, but also gives me a little bit of, you know, thought to the process and things yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting and interesting experience. Yeah. What, I'm sure it'll be miserable at various points, but you know that's part of the. Fun. One of my old clients who became a, a really close friend of mine, he um, he, uh, sorry, just got interrupted. He uh, was an ex-professional cyclist, both on the road and and mountain biking as well. 
and yeah, then right, he became cool. a data analyst and he was talking to me about the the, the programs oh, yeah, they've nice. used for years in cycling that have that like ai component and are really really yeah, data driven yeah. and was talking to me about how we could do it in powerlifting that oh, sounds full on <laughs> yeah well and especially with these smart trainers that like measure cadence and power output and like all that kind of stuff like i've i've set just like literally while i was waiting for you to get ready uh set this thing up to be like five sessions a week the first week's like five and a half hours on the bike and you know some intervals there's some longer stuff and yeah it'll be interesting i mean it'll it'll spend a lot of time fucking on a trainer in my shed staring out the window (laughs) um but i kind of enjoy that monotony these Uh days like it's i think that's the thing i'm most excited about is it's all very new like this is going well beyond what i've ever done before from a performance standpoint so i'm interested to see what happens what do you do when you're when you're either doing long rides or or those more monotonous ones are you are you listening to stuff or are you just listening to your breathing and meditating uh, I find it real fucking hard to listen to nothing. Mm. To I like I don't mind that if I'm doing more like downhilly single track stuff. Just the silence and the zip of my rear wheel is yeah. enough. Um, but on like long sort of slog rides, I'm generally either listening to music or um or podcasts and and stuff like yeah. that. For the the harder interval stuff, I find much like I found with running. I can't listen to like mentally engaging stuff. Like I, I'm too engaged in the process of working yeah. hard to engage with a podcast yep. or whatever. Um, and the same goes for like riding the downhill sections. Like sometimes I'll, you know, if I'm riding up the mountain, I'll listen to a podcast on the way up because I'm just turning my feet over and, and getting up. And then I'll put music on to ride down because I want to be able to just be in the moment and, and roll with it. So I suspect this will just be a shitload of music and you know maybe for the long boring stuff the occasional movie or something like that the advantage of it being in my shed is i can put my laptop up and you know run something like yeah, that. yeah for so. sure see I, I think i could do musical podcasts in the shed environment i anything outside i freak out about not having complete awareness of my surroundings yeah well that is part of the advantage of writing early in the morning is very rarely do i see Mm. anyone else so i'm not constantly like oh fuck is someone behind me um which especially on like single trail you know uphill stuff there's often people behind me i'm not very fast (laughs) uh but in that environment there's definitely a like a constant sort of checking over my shoulder to make sure stuff's going on i think for the race itself i'll end up getting a pair of um like the bone conduction headphones where you can still hear the outside world because i've got them in uh sim got them for uh got me a pair of bose they're called bose frames so they're like sunglasses with bone conduction headphones in them um which are great unless it's dark in which case you it doesn't work (laughs) very well so um yeah that'll be i think the the sort of next investment alongside a whole bunch of parts on my bike as i slowly ride it into the ground the my favorite thing about you getting into all of this stuff is one of my favorite pastimes on Instagram is imagining when people do like self-time photos and stuff, imagining them setting up the camera and then take it. And so when you, yeah, yeah. when you like zip yeah. down around a, a corner or something, I just imagine you setting up the camera, going up, quickly going past, then having to stop, come back and get your camera and keep going. 
I literally had this delivered this week, which is like a small, relatively portable tripod for exactly that reason. Because the amount of fucking time I've wasted trying to delicately balance my (laughs) Against a rock. On my, like, bum bag and a tree or, like, all this other shit. Yeah. Now I've got a tripod that'll slip into the back pocket of my jersey and be Excellent. easy. So, yeah. It's, um yeah. Stay tuned for lots of content of me riding nowhere Can't. and or riding the same trails over and Can't over and wait. over. Who's, who's more experienced out of you and Jono? Does Jono do this sort of stuff or is he just getting into it for this? Yeah, yeah. So, Jono's ridden. He's a fucking psychopath on okay. a bike. He... Uh, blew like literally blew his shoulder to pieces. His scapula was in like three Whoa. pieces after a massive mountain bike ra- uh, crash a few years ago now. Um, so, in terms of bike skills, when he's like fit and riding hard, he'd probably beat me in that respect. Partly because he's just got the psychopath gene that I don't have. Like, I am too fucking old to break my arm riding a mountain yeah. bike. Um, and but at the moment, I've got a much bigger fitness base than he does. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how we go. Given I've got a, a bit of a longer ramp up, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, I'll be interested to see how it goes. But either way, I'm just it'll be cool to share the experience with someone, yeah. you know. Oh, exciting. All right. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun well, time. Well, this is peak speak, so we better talk about something remotely related, related to powerlifting. You were Indeed. ranting about knee sleeves earlier. I've had my jimmies rustled, I'll be honest. The, and I'm not the only one. Colin Webb posted about it the other day. Did you see Stenzel's uh, post? But just this new... Yeah, I think I saw his as well. Like, these... And uh, fucking Bryce... Bryce, Bryce Krawcheck, yeah, I saw that this morning. That yeah, was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, just it, the new trend of knee sleeves. I mean, we all fucking frothed over SPDs when they first came out, and I've still got a pair no, of SPDs that I really We did like. the same thing with SPDs. I remember making a, like a fucking uh, great to be squatting in my new SPD knee wraps because when I put them on <laughs> yeah. Ray Bans, it looked it felt like I could squat like a hundred kilos more. Absolutely, and um, yeah. So all these videos of like knee sleeves standing up supporting. A plate just remind me of the pictures that we all used to look at of leviathans the yeah, inza canvas squat suits standing up by themselves i remember spending quite a lot of time working out how i can get my metal ace squatter <laughs> to stand up by itself and um as i said to colin and i think i've said to a few other people uh i think we're starting to take the piss out of the idea of raw lifting and not that I care that much about it, mostly because I'm not a competitive powerlifter anymore, but I just find it amusing because a lot of these people seem to be the same people who for years and years and years shouted from the rooftops about Equipped mm. being cheating. And these days, I think if you're wearing knee sleeves like that and proclaiming it to be raw, you're actually probably just too much of a coward to put a squat suit on. And that's basically what I want to talk about. And I think that coincides nicely with you now being Australia's number one equipped lifter and Peak Speaks number two equipped squatter. I think uh, this is a tale of as old as time and it's just probably uh, a lot of us have buried ourselves so far deep into a powerlifting world that we forget the rest of the sporting world exists. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, Senna in like Formula One car racing. Um, You know, the guy was killed because the the cars advanced and he was used to being a little bit more human about it you know the robotics and the computers that came into the cars ended up kind of being his demise as far as i know i'm not a 
race car expert by yeah, the Yeah, I'm not superly worded up on that. Uh, ever, but it's but. like, you know, because uh, I heard somebody saying the other day, it kind of shits on the, the sanctity of what was done before in terms of, you know, like, uh, what what if Ed Cohen and these guys had access to this kind of uh, this kind of stuff in the past? But that discussion's been around it has, forever because, like, like the equipped yeah. of the past is very different to the equipped of now. Yeah, but Ed Cohen used to put his bench shirt on in the warm up room for comps. Like it wasn't I oh, will practice benching. It was just like oh, I brought my bench shirt today. I may as yeah, well put it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is a tale as old as time, and uh, it is going to continue to move in that direction. Uh, my favorite thing is the people who hadn't made progress on this squat for like a year uh, and then switched to ends and knee sleeves and they're like, oh, thanks to my new coach, thanks to this great programming, I've now added 2.5 kilos to my squat. So, oh, no, you- yeah, it's definitely not the $350 yeah, yeah, you spent exactly. on knee sleeves. Also, for the record, $350, that's about what I paid for my metal ace squatter that I got about 150 kilos out of between my knee wrap squat and my equipped squat. And these people are dropping 350 bucks on a pair of knee sleeves that maybe they get five kilos of psychological boost out of. I love it. Like, I remember when when SBD came out and people were like, 120 People live in it. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. And now it's like, they're the cheap sleeves. (laughs) Yeah. And man, I like I feel like such a salty old man sitting on my porch shouting at the kids in the street. But mostly it just makes me laugh because I think there's still a very much a segment of the population who look down on equip lifting because they didn't come up in the era that yeah. we did, which is like, you know, I fucking lived and breathed Westside when I first got into powerlifting because that's where all the the knowledge was. It was from elite FTS and, and places like that. And to have grown up in that equipped world and like fucking frothing over Chuck Vogapol videos mm. and shit like that back in the day. See, for me. To now see all these powerlifters who are like, oh, it's still raw lifting with $350 on their yeah. knees. If it, for me, it was always IPF equipped worlds. Like the, the Carl Christiansons. Yeah. Carl, Carl Christiansen. That was exactly the name I was they, going for. They, they were my um, idols big time. That and uh, Super Cup yes. of Titans. That yes, was, um, yes, yes. I remember, like, Lanchev, Milanichev and Fosky. fucking, oh, what's his name? Uh, the real, yeah, no. I can't remember his name. What, big guy or little guy? Completely lost. Big guy always was, like, in the mix with Milanichev, but constantly bombed. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Started with a Z, maybe. I was going to yeah, say man. Russian-looking guy, but. Go, yeah, I mean, goes goes Russian. about saying <laughs> they, they probably times. looked yeah, Russian because exactly. they all were Russian, so might have something to do with it. Yeah. Um. So other than other than just like ranting about how dumb some of this stuff appears from the outside, uh, although I'm not really on the outside, uh, I thought this would be an interesting opportunity to have a discussion about the idea of like getting into equip lifting and like who's it good for and and how you do it and those sort of things because I think it's for some people can be the like the natural next step you know for me it was like my first sanctioned comp was mm-hmm. equipped multiplier uh and i don't think that's the normal approach to it and it certainly isn't these days um because equipped basically doesn't exist in many factors um and i thought it'd be interesting to have that discussion about like how how can you do it why would you do it what are the the fun parts about it and those sort of things um because i think it's something that's still very misunderstood Mm. i guess yeah and i I really hope 
uh i hope over the years that people do get into it and we see more equipped lifters because it's the coolest part about powerlifting people <laughs> I, it's so much better than I, I find it sad for I, I find a few things sad i find it sad that i have the record now and i find it sad that i have the record and the two people before me les Rowe and wayne hallett that had the records none of us would identify as equipped lifters like yes. we were just guys that chucked on equipped every now and again uh and yeah uh, or a two broken to lift uh, yeah exactly and uh <laughs> i don't know I, I feel like if we had more full-time equipped lifters we could see some decent equipped numbers in, in australia yeah absolutely uh, and that was my favorite part about the highlight you got from the zero podcast that fucking joke about setting your thing to that was fucking gold legit had me laughing out loud um and although i would clarify that you squatted 400 not over 400 uh and you did mention over 400 no i didn't uh you did you said i had to set my audio to people who squat. no i had to set my audio to hear people who squat less than 400 is what i said oh yes okay. yes, yes, yes sure we'll, we'll we'll have the fact check yes please that. Sam. someone say something hello oh test one two no, i fixed it there was just i had to switch it to the mode where i can hear people who squat less than 400 <laughs> oh, <laughs> to him. sorry 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 it's all- um <laughs> but uh i mostly lost your best was 410 or 420 410 okay i attempted uh my i was i believe i was the first person to attempt a thousand pounds in australia i mean i missed it savagely several times um but i don't think anyone had attempted it before had you gone like had you gone like 410 440 455 or something or did you just go 410 455 (laughs) uh no so i didn't attempt 455 because that was a the 2015 yeah Yeah, so 2013 i squatted 400 and then i went for 425 on a third stood up with it that would have given me the biggest squat in the country uh stood up with and got reds from the side surprise surprise um and then there are a couple of comps in that intervening year where i like opened at 380 and went straight to 425 and then 455 <laughs> and like missed them all because that's how on I depth roll. with the 425 um, or just couldn't stand up with it or just like i think one of the backpack I, I think the, all the all the <laughs> back, 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 take back, it. Back. Take it. <laughs> um yeah i think every time i attempted a thousand i think i've done that maybe like three or four mm. times i missed like missed it uh and i think i got reds with 420 425 a couple of times mm-hmm. maybe um but uh yeah like my goal I, I said to a lot of people when i got into powerlifting my only goal was to squat a thousand pounds um and i never got there and i never will and i'm nah, okay you could now. come back and do it if you wanted to not by the end of this year. Um, I'll be so fucking skinny. <laughs> You'll be like, oh my God, it's Lance Armstrong nice. with a beard and less EPO you know, in his body. More EPO, um, you know, I mean, technically, I think this might be a test. You know, you should have gone down and done that push-pull run. I, I very seriously contemplated it. I hate bench press. Yeah, but I, you, could, you could bench <laughs> um, 140 any day of the week. Well, I reckon I could bench more than that these days because I benched... 45 kilo dumbbells for like I was gonna say you're the throwing them around yeah um that's i reckon the best my dumbbell benching's ever been so i reckon with a couple of weeks of actual benching i'd mm. be all right but um yeah i it involves a lot of 
running hard intervals that I don't really Fair. want to do. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the equip lifting thing. I, I too would like to see it become a thing more than it currently is, but I think it's, it still has such a higher barrier yeah. to entry, um, which is the unfortunate part. And I mean, we talked for a long time when things like the slingshot and stuff like that came out as like, these might be the gateway mm. to equip lifting, but they just never ended up manifesting in quite that way. I think because it is still such a technical mm-hmm. sport and like the, that's the aspect of equip lifting that I think is beyond the, the cost of mm-hmm. the equipment. I think the fact that you have to spend so long sucking mm-hmm. and like often sucking so bad, you could outlift yourself raw. Um, to then come back and like maybe get a good mm. total it, it's a hard slog and i know that that's for a lot of people the the hard part about yeah. it i often um when explaining equip lifting to people who don't know what equip lifting is um sometimes i choose not to caveat the fact that i squat a 410 with the fact that i was wearing a suit but you know it depends on the crowd squats a um, squat baby yeah, exactly that, that, they don't Looks know any knee better. wraps into um, knee sleeves the same thing yeah, same, same. Uh, what if you put knee wraps under the ends of knees? One way to find out. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I explain it as like, it's essentially a different sport. Mm. Like it, it's the difference. The the two analogies I use are the difference between high jump That's and pole go for. in that both, yeah, both test how high can you jump. One, you just have to use a bit of equipment that means you jump higher. And not all good high jumpers are good pole vaulters and mm-hmm. vice versa. The other one I like is... Um, for people who are old enough to remember this, uh, which it seems increasingly in powerlifting is not the case, uh, the speedo body suits oh, yeah, from the Olympics. that they banned in yeah. swimming, like in the early two thousands or whenever yeah. that was, I liken it to if instead of banning them, they were like, "All right, well, your speed suits are cool, but you're never competing against someone in their yeah. nut huggers." And we'll just create two divisions and, and you can swim in a speed suit or you can swim in a thing. I don't think that ana- analogy works as well because it doesn't account for the technical prowess that you need to be very good at equipped lifting. Um, but they're the, the sort of two I explained to people. And I think for a lot of people, when you get to a point in powerlifting where it becomes a bit of a grind and you feel like maybe it is a bit monotonous, it can be the sort of the next thing that kind of keeps training interesting. Mm. It's a fun challenge. I think you can learn a lot about yourself as a lifter, but also the process of lifting because of that technical Mm. requirement. And I mean, I think, I don't know about you, but I certainly uh, credit a lot of my technical understanding and, you know, technical models around lifting to my time uh, lifting equipped because it had such a, not just a requirement for being very precise, but also it lent itself to hyper-analyzing every aspect of what you're doing in a way that allows you to get the most out of mm. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I prefer not to say that it's more technical, but more volatile. Like it, it, the word yeah, you use, yeah. precision. Precision yeah. is, yeah, that's the re- that's actually the way I talk about it. Is it, it the, the precision re- requirement is yeah. much and higher. And it's, it's not because of so much because of the equipment itself, but more because of the uh the the super maximal loads like you get a you yep. get a little bit out of shape everyone gets a little bit out of shape so time to time you know say your max is 200 and you're warming up you got 120 and you fall a bit forward or fall a bit back you save yourself you're just like oh that was a shit rep when you've got your max is 200 and now you've got 300 on your back that's completely game over and the slightest bit out of Absolutely. position and and with some equipment it's far less forgiving than other equipment 
and so a- the precision is is everything and just the way the equipment works like the equipment is aiming to put you in the worst position possible and when you resist that you create torque in the suit that's why everyone sucks at equipped deadlifts because they probably don't yes. have a good raw deadlift they probably don't know how to build tension in the setup and when you have to fight a suit to do it it's fucking 10 times harder um yeah. I, I always deadlifted raw because i was too fat to deadlift in my mm. squat suit and i didn't like squat deadlifting enough to warrant buying a deadlift <laughs> yeah. Suit. yeah yeah and so like I, I think one of the biggest uh barriers to entry for equipped that'll just get worse and worse as time goes on is it's almost like a lost language you know because so few yes. people do it you can't just buy a suit and put it on you need to know how to put the fucking thing on <laughs> yeah and the tricks yeah to to like the, it just and, just as yeah. far as that that's a layer of complexity you need to have people who know how to do that for you if you don't know how to do it yourself like it's it's very hard to figure out for yourself Absolutely. um and although i did just yeah so, so did i for the most part i had a lot of help with we're just better than most people thomas <laughs> i had a lot of help with bench uh squats and deadlifts i just chucked suits on and figured out um the other thing is it's also it requires uh like a posse yep. so to speak you know like and i actually think i don't know what your gym's like but certainly in Burley over the years the like the training crew doesn't exist in quite the same way that it did like when i certainly when i was training you know hard while still running the gym because i needed a crew like i needed a minimum of three people to spot me someone to run the gate someone who was competent enough to wrap my Mm -hmm. knees like all these things that it becomes a much more laborious training style and i think that's again part of that whole barrier to entry issue that we run into is it does really require a support group consistently you know over weeks and months not just the occasional training yeah the the spotting thing is definitely a big one for me i I wrap my own knees and put my suits on pretty much myself i could get my bench maybe that's why i ask <laughs> i could get my bench shirt on myself if i really tried but i, I do much prefer having someone help me and there's no oh, way yeah, i could unrack so myself on on bench no maybe so, yeah, like maybe yeah the, that requirement of not just people but people that are confident and competent enough to help and yeah. strong enough because I, I get people yeah. freak out when they have to hand out me or if i'm not around when coops is here they freak out if they have to hand out coops you know it, it is scary Dude, I'm, i'd fucking freak out handing out coops that's a big yeah. fucking bench it, it, it is scary yeah. it does feel like a lot of responsibility for sure but yeah i think that um that kind of lost language aspect makes it makes it pretty hard and the less people that do it the more that's going to be a thing the other thing that comes with that is i would say and i'm sure you agree the absolute best way to experience getting into equipped is to buy secondhand old beat up shitty equipment so you can basically slip it on and get like a junior version of what a a suit feels like and the less of us that do it the less secondhand equipment exists the harder that is going to be because like if you buy if you go by the sizing charts if you email the companies and say what's my size and you buy the right size fucking good luck getting into that thing the first time <laughs> yeah it's, it's just not yeah. going to happen if you if you've never done it before you're going to have no idea and you also don't know what's right or wrong you, you put it on you're like does yeah. it feel right is it sitting right you know and that's it's one of those things that like when it feels right it feels fucking horrible yeah. the first time like you it's one of those things where i know you've talked about like if you think you can be tighter if you think you're tight you're not be tighter <laughs> 
it's like that with a quip, but you're like, I feel like I'm being suffocated by this squat mm. suit. Is that what it's meant to feel like? You're like, yeah, that's exactly what it's meant to feel like. That's perfect. Now go squat. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you know, but Alex Zerber is, is lifting again. He fucking tags yeah. me in every post he okay, puts good. on Instagram because he's trying he's trying to goad me into getting <laughs> back into equipment. Yeah, so he came down here and, and did a session with me, and he's like probably the biggest equipped nerd in the country. This this Absolutely. guy, instead yeah. of taking his his equipment to get like taken in uh, by a, a canvas maker or something, he hand sews it because he gets a sick kick out of doing it. Uh, but like. He, we squatted together, and I wear my equipment quite loose. I, I don't, I don't like yes. it being over tight. Because you're actually and, strong, which is just not the way to do equipment lifting. It's all about the illusion <laughs> of strength. And he, he likes his equipment super tight. Uh, and yeah. so he was, he was looking at me and being like, "That's nowhere near tight enough." And I'm like, "It's tight enough for me." And so if you're, if you're getting into it for the first time, for me that was super tight. But, but for him observing, yeah. he's like, "No, you could handle way tighter if you wanted to." Yeah, like you could go two sizes smaller. In yeah, so if you've got no one that's experienced it, you've, you've got no way of knowing what it's meant to feel like. Because then, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's easy for us to say when it's on, it feels bad, it feels horrible. But also when it's sitting wrong, it feels extra horrible. And so how do you know the difference oh, between- the Horrible and extra horrible. Oh, no, I've sandwiched my <laughs> testicle in the leg of my squat suit and now I might not be able to have yeah. children. Yeah, it's not a nice right, there, There's a tip for getting into equipped lifting. Pee first. <sighs> oh, man. As someone who has a small and nervous bladder, <laughs> the number of times I've had to waddle to a fucking yep. toilet that's like on the other side of the room in the fucking grand chancellor <laughs> in surfers and then like awkwardly just fold my squat suit down enough that I can piss, maybe splat a, a bit of piss on it, but also like not unseat the legs because if I you know. go too low, then you have to like work exactly. back into the suit and that's a whole nother experience. Man, I, yeah. I had to climb upstairs at the comp. I never pee while, I, while my <laughs> suit's on, but same thing, just... Like nervous wheeze and yeah. liquid only diet for the day uh yeah, yeah and like the the pressure around my lower abdomen when <laughs> when i whipped it out to pee in it's just like high it's just like poking a poking yeah, a pinhole like in, in, a, in a water <laughs> balloon and squeezing it as hard as you can <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's um and i like I don't know. I feel like we've been saying for a long time that Equip's dying or, or is going to die. But there are still people like Colin and Zerba kicking around, like building little crews yeah. here and there. Colin's got um, a good crew. They've, and got, a, they've got quite a number yeah, of Yeah, fucking them. oath. He's, I, I would argue he's doing the best for Equip for sure. in the country at Absolutely. this point. Um, I, don't, I don't know of anyone else who's got an Equip crew like he does, um, which is awesome. And I, I fucking love it. I think it's great. I have no desire to do it myself. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I I love that it is that that little fire is still burning back there. But I I think you know the kind of rambly point I'd like to make in this is that if if you feel like you're struggling with the monotony of powerlifting, just like dabbling in the idea of equipment lifting mm. is something that can give you a very very different viewpoint because I think it it it's that precision requirement that changes the way you train in that. It's not just about about getting strong and kind of good at the technique, which like it's always about getting as good as you can at the technique, but it's like learning your technique again, even if you don't, you know, and the goal should be you don't actually change your technique that much. You just put the equipment mm. on and it's just way harder to do the same technique, right? Uh, but to 
to have to relearn your understanding of each of these lifts. I think in the long term, I've never liked the idea of equipped carrying mm. over to raw, mostly because I'm just always been weak and good at using the equipment. Um, that, but the idea I think that you get the carryover you get is in your improved understanding of your own technique and the principles behind it because it's so unforgiving. Yeah. That terrifying experience of a fucking, you know, 50 plus kilo super maximal bench press coming straight at your face in a way that you have absolutely no control over because your left elbow was 0.8 of a millimeter out of the <laughs> position it needed to be in. And to have really felt that or seen it in someone's eyes. And I've got a few people who I've seen yeah. it in their eyes for the first time. That fear of like, oh, fuck, I, I'm not just like I've missed this. Like I have zero mm. control over what happens next. In a, it's an experience that you'll never have in raw lifting. For I sure, think. yeah. No, I say exactly the same thing. It's like people say, do you get carryover? I'm like, yeah, heaps of carryover, but not strength. It's it's all in the attributes. It's all in like that that deeper understanding Absolutely. and appreciation. It just makes you think. Like you, you have yeah. to think about where you are in space, what your body's doing. The weirdest sensation, uh, and it's always a, a stark reminder when I get back in, into equipment, is just like, when you go to move and you you can't move like the you know the the eccentric being so automatic in raw lifting and the eccentric being so thought driven and equipped is that stark difference is what always blows my mind it's like you almost have to relax into the suit while staying as tight as you can it's a weird thing to wrap your head yeah. around having to explain to people that like you know the way i used to have my squat suit set up like i squatted in a metal ace pro uh, which is like a multiply Velcro straps uh, squat suit. And the tightness I'd have those straps for my opening, it would be like I'd have to make sure they were still on my shoulders as I got under yeah. the bar because they were so loose they'd want to fall off because anything more than that and I couldn't hit depth with anything less than like 350. Mm. And that as a concept, people are like, I don't understand. It's like, well, that's it, it gives you, I think, not only an appreciation for the precision requirement of the technical skill but also for the art in attempt selection and things like that as well because that window of like oh you can actually open too light mm. in equipped powerlifting that you i don't think you can in quite the same way mm. in raw because the like even if you go super conservative with your opener it's still like it'll just be a marginally bigger mm. jump You'll get it. It'll just be maybe that big jump to your seconds too much for you. Or you're mm. not used to it. But in equipped, it's like, oh, I missed my opener because it wasn't heavy mm. enough, and I just physically couldn't like couldn't get to the bottom without passing out. <laughs> and so now I've got to add 40 kilos and come back and do it again. But then because I've added 40 kilos, I probably need to change the tension in my straps a little bit. And then you're like, oh fuck, now I'm gambling on a second and. If you're anything like me, you'll bomb at a few mates because you make dumb decisions around Did that. you ever have um, like lines in your straps or anything so people knew where to pull it or did you just go by feel? Yeah, I, I kind of knew it by feel, but the B comps, I definitely had lines on it um, to, to give a good indicator of where I wanted it. Um, but you also, I think like anything, you just get comfortable with what that feels like. Same, same sort of thing for like the collar and a shirt, mm. right? Like I, you know, here's how I wanted to sit for my opener and I probably wanted to sit a bit lower for my second and, and so on like that. But yeah, I think the, um, the art of attempt selection is also another aspect that you just get a better insight into because you, again, you just have less leeway, mm. right? Like you, you make mistakes in a way that ultimately like sometimes costs you a total 
and it can be like through no fault of your own like oh fuck i overfed my post weigh-in refeed and now i'm like a kilo and a half heavier than i normally am and bloated Mm. as fuck and my suit's really tight and now i've got to completely scrap all of my opening attempts and add 20 kilos to them and change all my plans completely because i'll bomb otherwise yeah i was gonna bring that up just like the the new layer of difficulty that comes with having to fit your suit and if you cut weight or you do something with your weight can change everything it's like with raw you put your belt on you're like oh that's a bit tighter than usual i'll just change the hole with your suit you can't change the suit it's on you can change the straps maybe if you have adjustable ones i had i had that issue on on the day i went to pull my last deadlift warm-up i put the straps up i only did one strap warm-up put them up reach i couldn't get down to the bar i was like okay (laughs) Um, so I sort of walked away, adjusted the legs a little bit, put the straps back up, just got to the bar, and then I couldn't. I got it like an inch off the ground and dropped it. I'm like, okay, this isn't this this isn't looking too good. Uh oh. <laughs> so I started, yeah. like chalked the shit out of my hands and just like fingertipped it up and got it up to the top. So I got a warm up. I'm like, okay, well, either bomb or we'll see what happens. <laughs> Toss a coin. Yeah, Ended exactly. up going okay, but like I had never felt my. I'd never felt the suit feel like that for deadlifts in the in the whole training cycle, and then on the day it was just uh, I just like slammed so much Maximus and, and salt tablets. I was just like puffy. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it. It could be like maybe it's a five hundred gram difference, but like you're just holding heaps more water yeah. or, or things like that, you know. And uh, I think that was the other point I wanted to make about the the sort of carryover carryover point is the idea of being way more comfortable with failure. I think that and the abstract notion of performance increases mm. over time because equip lifting is you know lifting in general over a long enough time scale is kind of yep. linear right like it, but you zoom right in and it's definitely not your progress week to week month to month year to year even is never going to be truly linear uh that effect is magnified again i think in in equip lifting in a way that you know, certainly made me comfortable with failure just in general. Like I'm, I'm, I think more comfortable with failure than I, than I would have been otherwise because it's just, it's part of the course. Like, oh shit. Like the fucking 2015, I, my best equipped bench is 210, which I benched that day, but it was my opener. And on my first attempt, I was like, just chatting shit with Drew Spriggs because I was like, ah, I can fucking do this weight any day of the week. It's an easy opener. Missed it. Came out for the second, was like, ah, well, fucked it up on the opener. It'll be fine. Still a bit jovial. Missed it again. And then was like, God fucking damn it. Now I'm going to miss. I'm going to bomb in bench after squatting a PB that I've been chasing for two years. And I had to like get real serious, like really focus, nailed it. I should have benched like Mm. 230, 235 that day. That would have given me the 900 total that I really wanted as well. Um, But it's those sort of things that I think, again, they're the lessons you can take out of it is you have to be comfortable failing because if you're not you will not last as an equip lifter you'll get half a session in and be like no this is not for me yeah no my my hips are at the stage of my life where one top set is about all all they've got or all i should do uh despite what my ego might say and it's like the (laughs) the absolute like energy drainage that comes from max tight knee wraps sticking the straps up all the pressure of all the warm-ups it's like i've got one shot and i remember my in my strength block before the peak my last heavy session was supposed to be 370 for a double and i failed the first rep i it was light on my back it was all good on the way down came up lost a little bit of balance back and that was it just completely lost it and that's like 
my whole week had been leading to that. I'd been visualizing it, thinking about it, super confident with it, had one shot and I missed it. And you just yeah. you have to be okay it's with that. It's hard not to be rattled. Yeah, it's it's and it's a skill you've got to learn only through exposure. And I think that's the, the thing that makes you better at it is equip just forces you to be exposed mm. to that more often right like powerlifting in general is a good way to learn to be comfortable with failure because if you're pushing your limits properly competition sometimes is a failure you you might miss things and it happens but equipped it happens every fucking week (laughs) and sometimes it's because like you took half a step in the wrong direction or you just weren't paying quite enough attention Mm. or or little things like that that make such a big difference to your to the outcomes Mm. in general all right i think it's a good place to to leave it unless you've got anything else to say no, not really. Uh, but I do empathize with the uh, leading up to a whole, like losing a whole week of productivity because you're amped for one <laughs> set of squats and then fucking it miserably. My Mondays used to be the least productive day of my life because at about 9 a.m. on Sunday, I'd start thinking about Monday night squats and that would be the end of me for 48 hours. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Th- thank you. Anyway, buy yourself a yes. squat suit. Squat more weight. It's exactly. More fun. Tune Bye-bye. in for weekly episodes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Stop.